My name is Patch. I can't tell you my last name. I can't tell you where I live. But I can tell you that this is The Axe Files, a show where a handful of weirdos reread every Animorphs book in order. I'm joined this week by the most wanted criminal this side of the Andalite homeworld. It's Vivian. How are you today, Vivian? I'm doing okay, I'd say. I'm glad to hear that. And we're also joined by the most elegant Estrian on Earth. It's Kate. Hi. We have a more somber, intellectual, I think, vibe to this show today. Uh, think NPR, but smarter. <laughs> you know, total coincidence. I was kind of just trying to go for a little bit more of an Unsolved Mysteries intro with this one, since we do have the sort of alien spooky thing going on. But okay. It tone fits. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, the thing is that this this these chapters get into deep things about life and identity and morality yeah. and oh, what it means so. to be human and i think that we can sort of embrace that also to be fair you <laughs> say we're dealing with some weird alien stuff this week when that's kind of animorphs right when we're not dealing with strange alien stuff every time oh i just meant in general uh. I'm experimenting. It's still early in the show. We've got five more years to go. I'll find the tone. Uh, I think the tone is just us bullshitting. Yeah. I think the tone is, like... I don't know. I, I deliberately try not to stay consistent. Because I think that inconsistency <laughs> can be a tone. That's fair. I just, like... I, I want to find the right way to do the intro, and I don't feel like I've got it yeah. yet. I like the words. I think I'm narrowing in on how that needs to go, but mm -hmm. I, I just got to figure out how to <laughs> say I think, it. I think at a certain point, you got to realize that like the right way is just whatever you want the right way to be. You know, Maybe that was the right way. Maybe it was before. Maybe next time it'll be the right way. Maybe it's the right way every time. Maybe it's the right way for this episode. Did they, did they ever have like a narration like that at the start of any of the Animorphs episodes of the TV show? I don't believe so, but I didn't watch enough of the show to remember. I only barely, vaguely remember the show, like, deep in my child brain. I need to go back and watch, like, the first few episodes. Yeah, because I'd be curious if they did do something like that, of, like, that's, like, their, like, intro before, like, a theme song or whatever, with, like, uh, one of the kids just saying a brief thing like that. So I'd be curious if they do that and how they would, like, phrase something like that. Uh, I don't think they had, like, opening narration or anything like that. Hmm. I think it was mostly just, obviously, like, kids on a soundstage, uh, like, the Nick at I Night sort of style of cinematography where it's all very dim lit and they're using, like, rubber costumes and they're just, like, putting slugs on the floor for Yerks. <laughs> I believe, like... The, the intro I remember very clearly. It's just a bunch of blurry people running through the fog until it's time to introduce the actors while Butt Rock plays. But oh, that is! It's, it, I don't that, think there was any intro narration. That sure is some nineties Butt Rock, yeah. It's it's fucking crazy how Jake in the show is Sean Ashmore. Like later on, Iceman and and uh, X Men. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you go back and it's like ah, oh, it's fucking Sean Ashmore, but he's like Batty. That, that's, that's amusing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we are doing chapters 10 to 18 today we are chapters 10 to 18 of animorphs book 3 the encounter uh it's kind of a lot yeah it is a lot 
It's it's a lot and also very little. It's kind of weird. Yeah, like the chapters are short, but I think in a way this is by far the most impactful stuff we've covered so oh, far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like even in Rachel's book, she did have a fair amount of introspection, but it wasn't like a, a, a personal who am I. It was more about motivation and less about what have I become. Yeah, this is very existential. This is uh to to like what what exactly does it mean to be human? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like I I don't want to oversell it, but there's there's like almost everything we're going to talk about is going to have to do directly with Tobias trying to wrestle like the conflict that well, Tobias I mean, is facing internally. Not my stuff so much, but y'all's. Yeah, yeah, yeah like like fair. basically once we get to my synopsis and then Kate's it's like, "Oh. Oh yeah." Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Which yeah, you know what I'm I'm very again I'm very glad for the chapters that I got they're <laughs> they're really they're really it, good ones really it kind of just works out that way a lot of times like how like whenever like when the way that we split up the main episodes mm-hmm. of the main shows it's like well I've been getting kind of like season finales which is like feels a little unfair because there's so much there like even just thinking because we we split the we've uh, split the uh, synopsis of the last few Outlaw specials because they were double length. This one's like 55 minutes and it's just like, oh, this part where we divide it is like, oh, so much that I have to cover and it feels like there's like not as much for Patch, unfortunately. Right, well, and in this this one, Patch always gets the first chapters of the book, which are universally the the worst, slowest chapters because they're full of like recaps and exposition. Yeah, because we're trying to intentionally actually like not have like an episode where we have like two chapters of one book and then like another like four to seven of the next book which happened quite often <laughs> with she-ra where it'd be like all right well i guess you're covering the season finale and then i'm continu- doing the season premiere the next one because we tried to do it in two and it just so happened to work this way where a lot of those seasons are, like 13 episodes <laughs> and i i think that that's for the best i i i wouldn't want to start another book halfway through an episode that would yeah. be weird yeah it'd be very strange yeah. Um, yeah um i guess uh are we ready to go or do we have other chatting to do beforehand <laughs> i mean no, we I think, I think we're good you you and i already at the All least right. got some chatting out of the way because uh for full disclosure this is also the same day that the that I was finale aired so we're just like Oh, at least we got to talk about that a little bit while we uh, waited earlier. <laughs> um, I... Yeah, we talked about it a lot, but don't worry, it won't impact oh, the yeah, three-hour defi- long episode de- about it next week. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. Are we going to hit uh, the longest episode ever again with that? Although, actually, now that I think about it, this will be coming out like three weeks after that, well, yeah, so yeah. you've already heard it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Like, that whole thing of, like, oh, yeah, yeah everybody's going to hear the episode where we talk about how we saw the D&D movie, like, a month after the D&D movie aired. <laughs> mm-hmm. I saw it. Just the it's other good. Day. Yeah. I have never seen Owl House. I uh, probably you should. Mm. You should. Then you can... You, you, you should watch Owl House, then you can listen to us talk about Owl House. I will do that when I have time. Fair. not now. <laughs> that is very fair, yes. It is a very good show, and it is gay. So mm-hmm. there you go. It those, is. Are two, those are two good things: good and gay. It is highly queer as fuck. It's good enough that Viv got a tattoo of it. Yeah, I got the light. <laughs> I got the light cliff on my shoulder. 
The only tattoo I have is from when I accidentally uh, poked myself with a ballpoint pen in third grade. Oh no! Uh, still, it's still there. There's still a, a mark. spot of green. I, I don't think that counts as a tattoo. <laughs> it te- it's, it's ink. I mean, if it's still there, it's ink under the skin. That's a tattoo. It's uh, ink I, under I, the skin and it's been I, there I guess for if like... it's ink under the skin, I guess. Compared to like, if I was about to be like, well, does the scar on my wrist from when I tried to grab a soldering iron that fell count as a tattoo? No, that's different. No, it's <laughs> a green spot. It's a green spot uh, on my arm because there's ballpoint pen ink in there. <laughs> it's a tattoo. Would, it's an accidental think, one, and it's only a dot, think, but it's technically a tattoo. You would think that over time, like, I, I guess, I mean, I guess it works the same way as tattoos. Yeah, that's like, you would think that, like, mm-hmm. over time, like, layers of skin would shed and it would just get forced out that way, but I guess not. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I would think it would fade at least a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm pretty <laughs> sure no, tattoos it's, dis- it's distinctly green. Yeah. Maybe you could get a cover up or something. <laughs> no, I kind of like um, it. It tells a story. That's fair. You just get a big green A for animorphs over it. <laughs> Again, I don't uh, want to cover it up. It tells a story. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So we'll open this week with my chapter, chapter ten. Um. As of last week, I'm just going to recap briefly. Uh. Tobias ran into a bunch of wolves that weren't his friends, and then went back to his friends, and did not bother to mention that there were other wolves in the area as they were observing this big spaceship thing that was stealing water from a lake. And at the end of our chapter last week, he noticed that they were in danger and swooped down. It was a big cliffhanger. So let's get into chapter 10, which I will call Wabbit Season. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Duck Season. Uh, Tobias arrives to find his wolf friends staring at these other wolves that he did not warn them about, again. (laughs) But, uh, yes, uh, it seems that this other pack of wolves has killed a rabbit, and that uh, the Animorph kids have just sort of stumbled into this, and now the real wolves are upset and think that they want to steal the rabbit. Um, Tobias, actually, at this point, he's pretty sure that these are his friends, but he hasn't talked to them, so, like... (laughs) He doesn't know that they are. He, he, he decided but... to do some math to figure out there were four of them this time, at least. <laughs> it's like, well, what the odds there's another group of four wolves out here? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, he, he thinks this is a little ridiculous, actually, because Jake is a human. He wouldn't... He's Jake the human, you know. But he wouldn't no, lose his cl- mind like this and start facing down wolves. Uh, I'm sorry, I believe he's Jake the dog at this point. He's... Incorrect. He's Jake the wolf. Yeah. Um, dogs are kind of well. Wolves are kind of dog. They're canines. <laughs> they're canines. They're, not. they're canines. They're not, well, they're canines. They're not. Well, I mean, I guess in like the, the bro- a broad co- sort of sense, they're dogs. Let me have my not in like time a colloquial joke. sense. If I <laughs> if I like if I pointed to a wolf and said, "Oh, look at that dog," you would probably think I was an idiot or crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, let me, ha- yeah, let me have sure. my Adventure Time joke. <laughs> Wolves are big, is the thing. Dogs um, are big. <laughs> not like wolves. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, so Tobias swoops in, and he's basically just demanding to know what's going on, and Jake is upset about this, because these wolves are here and Tobias is distracting him. But uh, they can't leave, because if they back off, they lose the fight for dominance, and Tobias is super mad about this, because, like... Obviously, it doesn't matter who wins the fight for dominance. They don't have time. They gotta morph out. So Cassie decides to do some, uh, you know, inaccurate animal science from the 90s about how if 
Jake backs down and looks weak, the other alpha will attack because that's how wolves work. It's not how wolves work. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, that's just that the, the one who backs off is the one who loses, and the other one maintains dominance, right? Well, yeah, but like the 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 worry here is that if they do back down, then the other wolves will attack, which doesn't make any sense because if the other group backs down, then there's no reason to attack. Yeah, you've got your you've got your kill. That, that's what, that's that's right. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah, I like that wolf wins. It's like yep, I won this uh, show of dominance. This this rabbit's mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, Tobias decides that he needs to defuse this situation, so what he does is the exact least hawk-like thing he possibly can, and swoop into the middle of two packs of wolves and steal their kill. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's kill-stealing! He... Yeah, absolutely. He grabs this rabbit, and the, the real wolves are like attacking and jumping after him and chasing him. And he can't really fly at this point, because the rabbit is too big, so he's basically just flapping around like a foot off the ground, dragging this rabbit behind him. And uh... I mean, I'm, I just have questions about that, because like, wouldn't a hawk be able to carry a rabbit to bring it to a tree to eat? Uh, no, rabbits are too big. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure based on how much a hawk could carry just based on that because like obviously they could do that with like mice and stuff rabbits are much yeah. bigger than mice <laughs> well, yeah. dramatically yeah. so a rabbit is about 10 times as big as a Fair. mouse a, a domestic rabbit is about as big as 10 times as big as a mouse i don't even want to think about wild ones but yeah um so the uh, the real wolves chase him and then jake and the others just get out of there while they're doing that and finally once they're clear uh he just drops this rabbit straight into the uh into the wolf pack so cool and he flies away but uh he's really gotta he's worried about the time because you know understandably he's kind of got some trauma over that and so he takes off to try and find a clock uh he finds the park service truck and finds in the dashboard uh something is very very wrong uh-oh um and that'll take us into chapter eleven, which I have called "The Real Horror Show Begins." I, um, I don't I don't understand why they I don't understand why they he needed to go off and find a clock because the answer <laughs> is going to be morph back now, no matter what. Yeah. Like <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, like once they're far enough away from the wolves, you should just be like, yeah, we should probably end morph because it's been yeah, a while. Yeah, just do it now. <laughs> And then be like, oh, I guess we'll just, After. I guess we'll just sit here as wolves and just wait till fucking Tobias gets back. I guess. Them doing the whole dog sitting at the table playing poker thing in the woods, waiting for him. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tobias, having seen this clock, gets just this horrible burst of energy. It's pure adrenaline, which I guess hawks get, but. Uh, the thing is, is that they passed the deadline. It's too late. They are all wolves forever. So I guess so much for the gorilla resistance. Um, <laughs> he's screaming at them as he's just flying back at top speed to morph out because he's hoping that maybe the clock in the truck was off, which, while terrifying, would be reasonable. I often keep my car clock ten minutes ahead. Yeah, yeah um, to make sure you get to someplace on time if you're following what it, the clock says. Exactly. But... Yeah, they uh, they they start morphing out, and Tobias is just exhausted. He's really exerted himself entirely too much, and as he's panicking, he's yelling at them to morph. They they start. They're they're coming out, and Cassie's coming back first. I'm 
not normally going to focus on the grossness of these transformations, but this one specifically, it's important. So it, it mentions, like, the first thing that happens here is that she loses her fur, and then she's got her nose back, and then her legs turn back into human legs, and the tail disappears, but then things start to get messed up. Uh, Tobias lies to them, because he says that they're two minutes past the, uh, um, the, the clock, but actually it's seven minutes too late. He's just, like, I guess he's hoping that he can placebo effect them into unmorphing faster. <laughs> it, it's it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Like, I, I imagine... The line can't just be at exactly two hours, you know, because it'd be super weird if this alien technology just happened to match up exactly with Earth timekeeping, you know? Yeah. Like, an, an hour is arbitrary. <laughs> Hours are not a universal thing. So yeah, I feel like true. there has to be some, like, leeway, some wiggle room there. Um he also, like, says later, well, you can go on, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Cassie finishes demorphing. She's great, as per the norm, but it's going horribly wrong for everyone else. Like, it mentions for Rachel, uh, her human hands appeared at the end of Wolf Legs, but nothing else changed. Um, terrible. And then, of course, Marco's human head just shows up on the rest of a wolf body, which is worse. Um... <laughs> And, yeah, uh, Tobias is now freaking out because he's thinking, well, okay, well, at least they could live if they were wolves, but oh no, I have trapped them as horrible half-human, half-wolf monstrosities. This is worse than it possibly could have been. And Cassie is basically operating as a trauma therapist here. She's, like, moving through, encouraging them, getting them to focus, and trying to get them to, to, to move past the fear and work on it, but... Uh, Tobias mentions here that uh, Marco has rolled his human eyes up. He's just staring at Tobias, and Tobias feels like he's just terrified or hates him. It's not super sure which. So I guess despite having the best vision in the world, he's not great at uh, reading faces yet. So <laughs> it could be it could be like a mix of both. You know, I feel like it's yeah, like a fair. shocked horror, and and Tobias like Marco might not be looking at. Tobias as if like oh I hate Tobias more like oh that's an example of something that I could become like yeah. and that's I think almost kind of worse you know mm -hmm. yeah especially because Tobias has this moment here where he suddenly sees himself as like a monster an abomination just a uh, the warning of everything that could happen to them constantly he's uh, self esteem issues and yeah Marco and well, actually, at this point, they all manage to get back to being human, but it's very slow, and it seems like it's kind of painful, although it doesn't mention that. Um, yeah, they, they did it. They get back thanks to Cassie's coaching. It doesn't actually mention any of the trouble Jake has, so I guess he's just doing fine off screen. Um, and yeah, they're all panting and exhausted, and they're freaked out, and Marco's like counting his toes because he doesn't know what's going on, but they're they're thrilled. And this just overwhelms Tobias with absolute horror about how he's trapped in this new body and how he can't ever go back to being human again and how he's just stuck and his talons would never be feet again. And uh, yeah, it's it's rough. So he just drops from this tree and flies off because he's too tired to deal with this right now. And uh, 
quote, I caught a blessed breeze and soared up and away, my own silent, voiceless scream echoing in my head. Yeah. Huzzah. Did we, we count that as thermals, right? Uh, no, he didn't say thermals. Oh, uh, fair. Even though it's implied to be one, he didn't say the word, I guess. Harlan, Ele- true. Harlan Ellison would be proud. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think he... Uh, just scanning through real quick. Yeah, he doesn't actually say thermal in any of my chapters, which I think is a first for this book. Um, <laughs> but yes, um, we will get back to chapter 12, which I have titled Obligate Carnivore. Um, Tobias, hours later, returns to Jake's attic, which is now his house. Uh, Jake has like removed a panel from one of the windows in the attic so Tobias can get in, and I guess his parents just didn't notice that there's a hole in the attic now, so either way. Um, Tobias describes the crap that they've got up there, but Jake has, like, opened a drawer in, like, uh, I want to say it's an old dresser, it's just kind of chest of drawers, and packed a blanket in there for Tobias to sleep in, which would make more sense to me if he was a cat, but I don't think hawks lay down to sleep. I don't super know how hawks work but i'm i can't imagine a hawk laying down on their back no no, i mean birds generally stand up when they sleep yeah yeah uh jake reminisces or sorry tobias reminisces a little bit about how jake used to protect him when he was a victim at school from the punks who liked to beat me up a little insubstantial but yeah um then he realizes that he doesn't actually he doesn't think it's been a month, but he doesn't really know how long he's been a bird. It's messed up. So Jake has left food for him, which is um, some sort of hamburger meat and potatoes and green beans, which Tobias assumes that his parents think he's just giving to the dog. Uh, don't give green beans to your dog. I'm pretty sure that's bad for them. Um, uh, yeah, the thing is, uh, Tobias can't eat most of this stuff because uh, Predator, so... Yeah, he, he can't eat the potatoes or the green beans, so he's just in the attic eating raw hamburger. Well, not raw, but cold. like cold. Like lukewarm. Also, yeah. check. Cooked once upon a time, but now cooled off. Also, hamburger. thanks to Google, chops with steamed, raw, or canned. All types of green beans are safe for dogs to eat as long as they are plain. Well, okay. <laughs> thanks, Google. Well, yeah. Um... But yeah, maybe don't. This? I don't think dogs would really want to yeah. eat that anyway. <laughs> uh, Maybe. No, I've had dogs who have gone crazy for that stuff. Fair. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this this cooled over hamburger meat really isn't doing it for Tobias. He's just desperate for something that's alive that he killed with his toes. Uh, <laughs> the, the hawk is really asserting itself here and it's hard for him to fight that because the hunger is the most powerful part of the hawk emotions but uh, yeah he hops up and gets in the drawer but the hawk is upset about this too because the hawks are like they don't like drawers I guess that he talks a lot about how hawks spend their night on branches just feeling the breeze and watching the owls hunt which like I feel like a warm drawer in an attic that's less breezy would be probably more comfortable than watching rival birds of prey that could kill you in an instant hunt, but whatever. Seemed like it would be comforting because it's safe, but I guess I'm not a hawk. Um, but yeah, Tobias can't stay here, so he just uh, takes off. He's 
He says that he's so tired he was past being able to rest. It's rough. And he takes off into the nights, but he doesn't do super well because he's not nocturnal and there's no thermals at night, but it doesn't say the word thermals, so... Uh, (laughs) And, uh, yeah, he goes to uh, Rachel's house, and she apparently has put a birdhouse directly outside her window, not so he can stay in it, but just so he can land on it when he comes over, which I guess... The hope is that no birds ever actually inhabit that birdhouse, because they would freak out big time if a hawk landed on it. Yeah, well, um, those birds can get fucked. What are they going to do? Are they going to, like, get the hawk out of there? Also, like, I'd assume there's also no birdhouse that's large enough to fit a hawk in it. Well, yeah. There, there are, like, hawk houses, but you're not going to nail that to the side of your window. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, he, he, like, taps on the glass, and she shows up after a moment, and bathrobe and fuzzy slippers which is not an image we will come to associate with rachel but she's very in the the fuzzy teenage uh uh uh, i don't know bedroom attire the only thing she's missing is the giant fluffy pants (laughs) um yeah uh she talks a little bit about how they were worried about him since he just kind of uh took off this afternoon after they panicked and She's whispering this whole time, because of course they couldn't risk her family hearing about this. She's the only one with more of a family, really, you know. Jake has Tom, but that barely counts. Um, Yeah, uh, he pops inside, and uh, there's a mirror behind him on Rachel's dresser, and he gets a look at himself. Uh, It kind of intimates here that this might be the first time but i don't think it can be because if he's been a hawk for a month surely he has seen his reflection in a lake at the very least but yeah uh, this is the first time we get a real physical description of him beyond just being a hawk and yeah um i mean he's a hawk yeah (laughs) (laughs) and he's just panicked a little bit because he thinks he's losing himself a little bit and he talks to her about how the hawk that they freed from the Carly ship was there at the lake and he just desperately wanted to go with her and Rachel just kind of shuts this down immediately she doesn't respect his hawk feelings but you know just you are a human being the end because what counts is what's in your heart head and in your heart not your body but what's on the outside it's so like, well in the on a... the on the inside I want to kill and eat rats so <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> Yeah, like, Rachel really gives a, like, whole, like, uh, trans rights uh, message there of, like, you are who you are on the inside. And meanwhile, Tobias is like, on the inside, I really want to do eat some animals. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It sounds supportive, but it's just not lining up with what he needs in the moment at all. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, he tells her that he doesn't actually remember what his human face looks like, and... It kind of seems like she wants to cry for a moment, but then she goes to the nightstand and uh, turns out she has a photograph of human him, which, like, it would be more understandable today if she had that picture. But back in the day, somehow she managed to take a picture of him without him noticing with, like, a 1990s camera. (laughs) (laughs) And he didn't realize that she had it, and it was... You know, she doesn't like it because she thinks he looks better in real life. Woo-woo. But, uh, yeah. And then she introduces the idea that, uh, hey, you know, the Andalites are going to come back, but uh, maybe they'll be able to turn you human again. Which, 
they have no evidence for whatsoever, especially given that Alfangor specifically told them that you would be trapped if you stayed in Morph, don't do it. Yeah. But she's... <laughs> Yeah, she says it, and she seems to believe that this is very much the truth, but he can tell that she is lying because of his hawk's vision, and uh, it, yeah, it, he kind of seems regretful about how good he can see right now, because it's just too much. And that's me! <laughs> yeah. Alright, and we will just uh, keep moving right along to chapter 13, which I'm going to call Jumping to Conclusions, because I sure do some of that in this episode, or uh, not this episode, this chapter. Uh, <laughs> we open with Tobias, agree, like, yeah, he basically, like, has a little monologue to himself that the Cypher Rachel helped him, and he does end up going back to the attic for the night. Uh, but he just basically spends the next day flying about, killing time while the others are at school, and he, inten he intentionally ignores all the nice, juicy vermin that he can see while flying around, and, you know, constantly just having to remind Speaking of which, thermal stink. Yep, he's, he's <laughs> you know, he's doing that, constantly reminding himself, like, nope, I'm Tobias, I'm a, I'm a human boy. I, I... <laughs> Let's just ignore all of the nice tasty treats that I could have down there. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jake scheduled for them to all meet up that evening, so uh, since Tom would be at a sharing meeting, and we get the obligatory, here's what the sharing is, in case you forgot yeah. and haven't read any books before this one. Uh, you know, still makes sense, it's book three, you might have picked this one up first, but... <laughs> uh, during the day, Tobias dwells a bit on how it's weird to realize you miss stuff like showers and easily knowing what time it is when you're stuck as a bird. Uh, but yeah, he ends up uh, following the kid, the group on their way out from school, and they do mention the kids actually had a good idea for once because they realize it would be way less suspicious if they don't always all travel in a group. <laughs> yeah. So that, hey, good job that. there. <laughs> Good job there, yeah. yeah. I have to say, the weirdest thing about Tobias's plight, other than, you know, having to to kill and eat rats, um, it's like, sort of a, there's a, there's a so close yet so far vibe here. Mm -hmm. Like, Tobias is flying around areas that he knows, areas that he's familiar with, uh, a world that he's very familiar with, but has been shut out of, um... Like, yeah. he's he's not isolate. He's not isolated by by distance. He's not isolated by like being separated from the thing. He's isolated by, you know, his his own body. And yeah. it it's interesting, sort of, to see that kind of isolation where he's still like flying around. He he has he has this connection to, you know, human civilization. Uh, but it's from the perspective of something outside of it. Yeah, he's just, he's there, but he's just 50 feet, like, up above them. Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah. Oh, it's a bit of a bummer. And not able to interact with anyone. Yeah. Yeah, uh, basically, da -da -da, uh, yeah, Tobias beats everybody to Jake's home first, since he, you know, can fly, everybody has to take, like, buses or walk. And, but, Speaking of which, thermal. <laughs> but he basically, like, intentionally doesn't actually fly inside immediately once he gets there, or at least once Jake arrives to open the window, because he's pretending, basically, to not... Like, he's basically being like, oh, I'll be fashionably late to not look desperate and act like I didn't have anything else better to do besides just hang out by your house. <laughs> but it's like, Tobias, I think that's the least of your concerns, especially when you have A, an alien invasion going on, and B, everybody else knows that you're stuck as a bird. <laughs> you would not have a lot more else to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, in any case, the group gets down to business of what to do with the air and water collection ship. 
which again still making some sense as collecting air in those buckets <laughs> yeah uh but yeah they basically have to figure out what to do about it quickly because cassie has to go help release an owl into the wild soon that day and rachel has a gymnastics ex- exhibition at the mall which is definitely not a thing i've ever heard of oh yeah it makes it makes sure. sense to advertise the gymnastics program, I guess, to get more people to join up at the YMCA and all. But it's like this is something well, I've also, never heard of. Also, gymnastics is a performance art. Like, it, it, yeah. if if you're if you're not exhibiting, then oh yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I just never heard of taking being something <laughs> that you would do a performance of this at the mall as like an advertising. Well, it's the '90s. Malls are like a well, yeah, yeah, fair. Place back yeah, then. malls were where the kids went on the weekends compared to now, where the malls are all dead. <laughs> and also, you know, it's actually like in Canada, it's still pretty common for people to use malls as like hubs. It's almost that people build neighborhoods around malls, and that's just where they go. It's right. like a common area. Wild. <laughs> that's yeah, very know, much right? not a thing here. <laughs> I don't know how widespread that is. That might just be London, but yeah, it's like there's a lot of seniors in my building, and they just spend all day hanging out at the food court yeah. in the mall, playing chess and talking Actually, and chatting. It's it's, I very, am technically, it's a community place. I am technically wrong. I say that saying it's not a thing here. There actually is a mall that is still open and close back to me to where I live. I went there once back at um, God, when was it? It was some holiday when it was like quasi-holiday, but not really. I think, oh, it might have been, I think it actually was just on like when on one of my roommate's birthdays. I went there because there was a Cinnabon there and I got Cinnabons for us to have. <laughs> I think that's what it was. So it's like, hey, there. but I also didn't realize it was in a mall until I got there. It's like, oh, I guess this is, it makes sense. The buns are in malls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but, like, I mean, that's the only time I've ever gone to that mall in the last year of living here. My mall is not big enough to put on a gymnastic exposition, but there definitely are choirs in there, like, once a month, just singing at the patrons. Fair. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, any case, uh, Rachel immediately chooses violence to find a way to destroy the ship, and she also, at some point, mentions to Marco to definitely not fucking try to sneak in to watch that little recital, I guess, because she will kill his ass <laughs> by burning into an elephant. I'm actually a little surprised you skipped over that Tobias is Brennan Lee Mulligan bird facts. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think that that was interesting enough to really get into. <laughs> because, like, these okay, these, these synopses I do are, like, usually it's a paragraph per uh, per chapter, but it's like, yes, he does really have a, you, oh, you don't think I know bird facts moment, just like Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> this will definitely come and bite him in the ass when somebody puts him on a trivia show intentionally designed to make him infuriated by surprising him with birds that he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Sam Rice has to be stopped. <laughs> uh, in any case, uh, where the fuck was I? Uh, yeah, yeah, Rachel's immediate, like I said, Rachel's immediate response is, we should find a way to blow up the ship. Thinking that the Yurks would just suffocate or die of dehydration or be forced to leave it, they did. Again, making assumptions because Cassie immediately points out that they probably have dozens of these ships on Earth, so blowing up one is not really going to do a whole lot to make them die or give up. <laughs> yeah. uh, Marco then starts to actually have an idea for once besides, fuck this, we should just stop. Uh, and he tries to stop himself when he realizes that he's boxed himself into a corner, um, because he's like, oh shit, I opened my fucking mouth, god. And then he has to admit that there's a possibility that they could just try to disable the clicking device above the city, which would be pretty undeniable proof of an alien invasion going on when people notice an alien ship in the sky. 
this is such a bad plan. Yeah, it's like, not great. <laughs> It's it's like, it's probably more feasible than trying to blow up the ship, but at the same time, both both cases need you to get on an alien ship. On an alien well, ship, you know nothing about the interior of, mm-hmm. and you don't know how to work any of the controls. Yep, yep. And, and and you, you also don't, don't speak the language. You don't yep. speak the language, so there's no way you can figure it out. Like, if I were on a human ship. I would have no idea how to do anything. On yeah, it's like, <laughs> I don't well, know how well, human ships. Well, there's work. A, there's a there's a wheel here, so I assume the wheel would make it go something in a certain direction. But all these other like knobs and levers, I don't know what this. Yeah, does. exactly. And they want to turn off a very specific thing on the ship. Yeah. <laughs> but even beyond that, like, so far the Yorks have been content to do the infiltration thing, but we've seen the level of weaponry they have. They can disintegrate stuff. Like, you can't win this fight. If you bring them out into the open and make it active war, they will kill you. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. They'd basically bring it into open warfare. The only advantage you have right now is that it's a secret. Don't stop it. <laughs> <sighs> I, f- I, feel, I feel like if the Yerks would be in such a great position through life, like such a better position if it wasn't a secret, they would just not keep it a secret. Yeah. The Yerks the they... are going to a lot of effort to keep themselves secret. Mm-hmm. So obviously, being secret is important to them. Oh, Remove well, that well don't worry. They jumped to another conclusion here related to that. Because mm-hmm. Tobias theorizes <laughs> that the Yerks simply don't have enough power to attack Earth directly, given that they're doing everything as a covert operation. To which I say that's he's that's wrong. a bullshit assumption. <laughs> yeah, because like, he's wrong. Because yeah. like, here's the thing: if you could easily over like take over a planet by not just having an outright war and just doing things a bit slower and stealthy, you probably want to do that if you're trying to conserve like resources and troops, and also have more, and also like if you wipe people out, you have less bodies to be your slaves. But that does not mean that you can't. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, just, bring bring everything out into the open. Yeah, like just because they're being like secretive about it now doesn't mean if the secret gets revealed, they would just be like, "Oh well, that that's that's a that's a what's it called that's us done." I guess we we don't have the ability to fight these rando humans when we have laser guns and a guy that mm-hmm. can turn into space monsters. <laughs> There's a line in here, and I forget what chapter it's in, but they like theorize that if they were to blow the ship up, then the Lyrgyrks would give up and go home, and it's like no. No, yeah, it doesn't happen when you blow up a single cargo tanker. That was the like... same chapter. <laughs> they brought it like yeah. Rachel had that idea immediately yeah. beside, before Marco was like, "Why can't uh-huh. we just reveal the ship?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're yeah. not gonna they're not gonna give up and go home just from like destroying one ship. Yeah, like if if you <laughs> reveal that there's an alien spaceship, then at that point the plan is like, "All right, let's just subjugate these people with guns until they surrender and become uh, our slaves." It's, built, it's speeding up the timetable. Then, yeah, uh, if we could do, I, this, we I feel like a bunch if people, what they're trying to do is hold out until the Andalites get there, then revealing the ship is not really such yeah, a bad no. idea because, like, I I don't I don't because I mean all the humans would have to do at that point is with the combined might of the world's military hold the Yurks off long enough for the Andalites to get there. And I think that that makes some sense. I don't necessarily think this is a bad idea. I think that the execution is terrible. They're, like, <laughs> going onto a ship completely blind without any sort of intel as to mm-hmm. what it's like inside and then trying to work with some very, like, some, some equipment that they don't know anything about to turn off a device they 
have no clue on. And it's there's just way too many unknowns here. Yeah. Like, Honestly, I just, like, even setting aside everything else, what mm-hmm. we know about the York ships is that there are at least five of them, and they can turn invisible and can't be detected by radar. So yeah. it doesn't matter how good your planes are. That's not going to win in a firefight. <laughs> Unless you're carpet bombing the atmosphere, you're not going to do anything to them. <laughs> I mean, fair. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, but also, like, there is some way to detect them, in a sense. Like, Tobias could see them. So presumably, like, I mean, you know, miss- missile go boom. Mi- <laughs> missile go boom, whether the thing that missile goes boom at is invisible or not. It, they, it, they, they could take them down, I would think. But who knows? <laughs> oh, oh, oh bring this up here because we're not going to see a ton of it over the course of the series mm-hmm. but like one of the main things that's happening behind the scenes as far as the york empire is concerned is that mm. push between open and secret invasion they're constantly politicking uh, and so far everyone on the council of 13 has said no we're going to keep this a secret and do it right we want as many bodies as we can but mm-hmm. like what little York politics we see will be Visser 3 going, no, we should just kill him. Let me blow him up. I wanna... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Visser 3 is very much down with the idea of just just mur- just murdering. Just starting uh-huh. the murder. <laughs> kill enough people till the rest surrender, and then we get that amount of people to be slaves. It's like, look, look we lose a lot of humans, but we can just make more. <laughs> it's... Yeah, they 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 replicate themselves, you know. <laughs> oh god, now I just had a bad mental image in my head of people who are yurt being forced to fuck. Ugh. Yeah, don't think about that. I I, I feel <laughs> like they'd like... probably do something more clinical, like. Oh yeah, like there's there's yeah, th- it's just yeah, it's just for function rather than anything so, else. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, like like artificial insemination, um, just like raising raising children in like factory environments that kind of thing yeah. like livestock yeah basically. yeah I was, about to, I was just about to say just like all those chicken farms where it's like you're here just yeah. to live for like a year before you get slaughtered and turn into food yeah yeah as much as i hate thinking about the york child farm how old do you think they would have the kids to get before they infested them like uh like with like by the time they could actually probably like walk and talk maybe They're, they they infest kids really young in this series like going forward i i there's there's a book i remember with cassie that we're gonna get to later um i think i know the one you're talking about yeah yeah uh so basically as soon as they're capable of like moving around with any kind of like utility i imagine (laughs) yeah like maybe past like three when they're a little bit less stumbly Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's still a little young. I think that head is too small for a York to get into. <laughs> head, like chi- child heads, are proportionally bigger than hu- than adult heads. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. Also, like I guess we'll get it, again. We'll get into it. Yeah, you, you gotta put the, the baby the, York the, York, the baby. <laughs> the controller I'm thinking of, like that kid was like, I, I'm pretty sure like four, or something like that. Um, really wow. young. But we'll get you may it. not be thinking of the same one then, because the one I'm thinking of was more like eight-ish. Uh, we'll get so. into that later. 
Uh, yes, we absolutely yeah. will. Yeah. yeah. Alright, but yeah, in any case, uh, they make that assumption that, yeah, they could easily stop them because they don't have the ability to do an outright war, and Marco stupidly agrees to this theory. Uh, and then Jake comes up with the brilliant idea that they'll sneak aboard the ship as fish via the pipes when it goes to collect water. Again! Again! Yeah, again. Yeah. What if, what if there's a sluice? What if there's a filter? Mm-hmm. What if it fucking mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. like, zaps everything that goes through it dead? Yep. Yep. You don't yep. know! Uh-huh, uh-huh. What if you're just trapped in a giant space metal water tank that you can't bust out of? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, these kids are dumb. We've established this. Yeah, it's... We can't dwell on this as much. These kids are stupid. Oh, wow, look. This is actually the last book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, weird, yeah. You guys told me that this was like a like 60-something whatever-the-fuck series. Oh, weird. This, this ends up to the third one because I get shredded yeah. in a fucking water filter. <laughs> yeah, cause... The rest of the series is just Fisher 3 scrolling Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> also, apologies. I shouldn't say guys. I don't know if neither you are okay with that terminology. My apologies. Is whatever. Yep. Okay. Yes, uh, moving on. Chapter 14, dinner time. (laughs) As Cassie and Rachel head out to their respective applications, as they mentioned earlier, with Rachel threatening Marco to not sneak into... Oh, yeah. Again, they they re-emphasize. Don't sneak into there to watch Mm -hmm. the recital, or I'm going to kill you. Jake tells the bias that they need to wait till the weekend to pull off their um, Metal Gear Codded. See? I could get another MGS reference in. I could do that. Cod, uh-huh, cod, sure. fish. <laughs> if you must. Yep. If you must. It's gonna happen a lot more, I can tell you that. It's happened already enough, Again. and it's been th- not even three whole books. <laughs> Jesus fuck. If you must. <laughs> Look, you know me long enough, you know this is what I do. <laughs> <sighs> Just keep going. <laughs> In any case, yeah, they need to wait till the weekend for that, because uh, due to the timing, and that they'll want to have plenty of time to get there. And be ready for when the collection ship arrives, and also to avoid the wolfpack territory, so they'll need to take more time. So yeah, they basically just like we can't just do this on like a school day. We need like weekends. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Tobias does agree to this, and he goes to scout out the area for to find them a place to hide. And at that point, he makes a joke about having a lot of time on his non-existent hands, but he has to assure Jake right after that that he's alright and was just weirded out by them being stuck as basically shifters earlier. Because, <laughs> yeah, people have animals. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Tobias heads on out to lead them to do homework or play Doom. Again, one of these very strange references that it's just a real-world thing that I'm still not used to in Animorphs, just referencing stuff like Doom. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, mean... That's just what they do. Yeah. It- this is our world. Do you not remember this? This happened. Oh, well, here's the thing, though. I never played the original Doom. The only Doom ever. The no, only Doom well, I've ever played is the 2016 reboot. Essentially, or now to be fair, Jake won't tell us when the story happens. This could be 2016. This is, this is absolutely not 2016. These kids would have cell phones. They'd be tr- they'd be having to buy his carry a flip phone with him all the time as he flies around just to be able to talk to him. If need be. So much of the stuff that happens in these books would not work. Yeah, uh, like <laughs> past two thousand five, maybe. Exactly. Well, you mean like there being people at the mall? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then being people at the mall, then having phones. Uh huh. Yeah. Th- then being like again, they if they had phones, they could easily just like sneak in and record footage of the Yurks while they're like. You know, one of them is like an animal that can at least hold a camera and the other one can press the button to make it go and then boom, proof of aliens. There you go. Problem solved. <laughs> well, problem kind of solved. But yeah, in any case, 
Tobias has on that. Yeah, letting him do that because he really can't do either, which is a pity because he thinks his bird reflexes make him very good at video games. And along the way, he stops by Chapman's house really briefly to just check it out. And hey, good guy Tobias mentioning Melissa when Rachel sure the hell hasn't in his book yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least Tobias remembers, even if Rachel doesn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he realizes that she'd be at the mall of Rachel for the gymnastic thing and is bummed that he cannot go to the mall anymore. But then he realizes he can sneak into a lot of other places like amusement parks, even though he can't go on the rides. Uh, and other places like zoos, like sporting events, concerts, and that kind of stuff without having to pay. Which does cheer him up that, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, this, but, but, like, I feel like he could ride the rides. There's enough videos of birds hitting people on the <laughs> I feel like that would be wildly dangerous. Yeah, he can't, he can't like, Tobias sitting in the seat, and it's just a weird bird sitting in there, and it's like, yep, these uh, mm-hmm. roller coaster saints ain't gonna work on this bird. Yep, the uh, bird can fit into this. That's how Tobias died. He can be on, like... You, it, Tobias could ride the merry-go-round for hours on end, but that's it. But also, people would be kind of weird out of the hawk riding on the merry-go-round. Outdoor concerts would be badass as hell, though. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like Patch, you remember the, uh, we, we went to the uh, Black Sabbath farewell yeah, tour? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was on top <laughs> of a mountain in the desert. And just, Dang. like, doing that as a bird, it would've been, that would have been fucking great. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> But yeah. Did not know that was a mountain when I started driving up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But he, he has to remind himself that he can't do that right now since he has to go check out the mountains. But along the way, he gets hungry and it's like immediately being like, oh, why didn't I not actually have Jake give me a snack before I left? And then he loses control of his bird brain to dive after and catch a rat, at which point his bird, his boy brain basically says no, but his bird brain says yum yum, and he starts to eat the rat. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I missed a thing. There was a thermal <laughs> when he was talking about them all. <laughs> uh, yeah, we get to the heavy shit, though, because chapter 15, which I'm just straight up going to call Content Warning Attempted Suicide. So maybe if <laughs> it, maybe you might want to skip the next, like, 10-15 minutes if if y'all have problems with this. And this is the thing. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Tobias is just freaking the fuck out, and he has to remind himself that he's a human, that his only thought is to try to crash into the mall to see Rachel in this, because... I guess Rachel's the only one he actually trusts to talk to. Uh, and he's having an emotional and mental breakdown. <laughs> sure is. But yeah, he's like barely... A- he's basically able to fly through the open doors when somebody just leaves them all. And he's convinced himself that if he just bonks himself real good into a wall that he'll wake up from his nightmare, which, uh, by <laughs> that's that's that kills birds. Uh, but he, he's convinced. That, no, that that's what he means. Yeah. I think. No, I think he actually, that's... I think at this point he's like lying to himself and convinced that he actually is in a nightmare. And if he does, he'll actually wake up in his bed or something. Just cause. I don't think he really believes that. That's, yeah, that's, no. his, that's what his narration says. So that, that's all I can assume, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, but basically all he actually accomplishes is freaking out a lot of people, and he finds himself at the mall center where Rachel is. She kind of... I love the part where he just lists all the stores. In yeah, the- he just... <laughs> hey, you want to hear... Like, weird enough, hearing Doom, you want to hear a bunch of uh, 90s mall stores that are definitely still in business today? 
Again, though, this is what I'm saying. Tobias is in the middle of a place that he used to know and that used to he used to belong in and very clearly does not belong in anymore. Listing those stores is a way to hammer that in. These are all places that he once had access to and no longer does, not because he's been physically barred from them, but because what he is is no longer something that fits there. Yep. While I understand some of these stores, like, I don't think... 13-year-old boy Tobias is going to the body shop or the express. Well, no, but you see it, you know? <laughs> like, you, you see it, you walk by it, you've probably been in there once or twice. Uh, I... <laughs> That's fair, yeah. <laughs> it, it's still a normal thing, you know? It's a normal thing. Even if it's not something that is, like, all that influential in your day-to-day, it's still something representing normalcy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In any case, uh, Rachel kind of stupidly calls out to him, which you might not want to call out to a bird by calling it a name, Rachel. Presumably people mm, are too yes. distracted yeah. to actually notice this. But yeah, she does that as he bolts towards a blank wall, and he diverts at the last second and kind of just bonks his bird shoulder against some glass instead of just flatting against it. But it causes him to fall directly into her arms, or rather she kind of like dives off the bounce beam or whatever to catch him. Uh, she frantically wishes with him to get out of here, but he can only scream about the rat, and now he's like, I'm, I'm toast, I'm lost. <laughs> but she assures him that he's not as long as he has her and the others. And at this point, other people basically, like, show up to try to get this seemingly wild bird away from Rachel, but she, like, pretends to be shoving the bird off of her, but in reality just kind of, like, tossing him just lightly enough to, to catch the air. Since way. It makes it look like she's just trying to be like, nope, I, gra- I grabbed this bird to make sure it didn't die. Please get off me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But other people try to grab him and toss a shopping bag at him, which is a bad idea overall because you're just going to hurt the bird way more if you try well, to I grab a bird or toss a shopping bag. I think that's the idea. I think the pa- the, st- the passers, like the, the, the um, bystanders... Uh, aren't really all that concerned with the safety of the bird. They they see yeah. something that they don't want in there. Like yeah, not for nothing. But when animals get into human spaces and then, whether deliberately or inadvertently, hurt humans, people tend to uh, try to hurt those animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at the at the minimum, like getting like people who can like tranquilize them or something. But yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of times it just ends up being like t- time to take this thing out in a sense. No, like the, this this lady who throws the shopping bag. It, yeah. She's not concerned with Tobias' safety. She no. wants to hurt Tobias. She yeah. wants to kill this bird. <laughs> no, this bird just attacked a girl who was in the middle of a gymnastics thing. This Something is clearly wrong with it. We need to destroy it. No, this it. bird yeah. bonked into a wall and was caught by that girl. That ain't the bird's fault. <laughs> I mean, this bird just fell to their, the pers- to their perspective, girl. it shouldn't be the bird's fault. It actually is Tobias' fault because he chose to fly in here and chose to try to fly into a wall. <laughs> That's, that's his choice. But uh, in any case, the his bird brain tells him to fly at the glass skylight because the bird brain just thinks it's just way out and not being like, that's uh, that's just another wall. But uh, yeah, he, he still is too concerned about himself having a snack and loved it to really care. But before he hits the glass, uh, Marco, who did actually sneak in here to watch the gymnastics because he's, <laughs> he's a horny teenager, I guess. I don't know. Uh, he throws a baseball to break the hole, a hole in the glass for Tobias to get out, and as he flies away, Tobias thinks that he cannot remember his own face as he no longer exists, even though, like, next chapter he's gonna 
proved that wrong. <laughs> Maybe he's just legitimately interested in supporting Rachel's gymnastics <laughs> and wants to be annoying about it at the same time it, because he's Marco. The talk is flying and being like, I'm here to I'm here to acknowledge the arts. Why are you all attacking me? <laughs> yeah. I'm here to Do you think right. Marco brought that baseball with him or did he steal it from a nearby? He definitely stole it. He did not forget with it. I feel like also, um, the fact that Marco could throw a baseball hard enough to break a skylight in a mall is super impressive. For sure. Especially because, in the Japanese edition at least, there are illustrations, and this would certainly imply that the mall is at least four stories. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, that carries it into my chapters. Uh, and I've called chapter 13, Tobias has a Thoreau phase. Um... Because of Walden. Uh, <laughs> so, T Tobias describes the next few days as a long, slow dream. Uh, he does not go back to Jake's house. He kind of disappears into the wilderness and, like, finds a meadow where he can kind of just, like, live as a hawk. Uh, and just kind of, like, tries to disappear into the animal mind. He failed at killing himself, um, one way, and so is going to try to attempt it in a different way. Uh, so, during the day, he's occupied hunting, which keeps him busy and keeps his human mind at bay, but at night he starts to have dreams about a human life. Uh, and he describes those as hard. Um, he's sad and lonely, but doesn't notice it most of the time because he's not in a mental state where he's capable of, like, experiencing the sadness and the loneliness. Uh, you know, for days he he lives, um, you know, as a, as a predator, hunting for his food, uh, slowly losing track of his rational human mind. Eventually, he flies up to the mountain lake where that female hawk is. Um, it says uh, he wanted to, dis to disappear and let the hawk rule. He wanted to accept that he was no longer human um, before he, he goes up to, like, uh, find this hawk. He, he finds her hunting for a baby raccoon, which he says suggests that she's pretty hungry because raccoons are tough and no hawk would go after a, a baby raccoon if they weren't desperate. Um, she doesn't manage to catch the raccoon uh, and he watches this display for a while before seeing another predator a uh, strange one uh, sort of a, a big dinosaur thing with blades like a salad shooter uh, and he remembers what salad shooters are and realizes this is a pork fajir and that the prey that it's chasing is a human um, and it's sort of like at first he looked at this and was like, yes, this is the natural order of things. Predator hunts prey. Predator kills prey. Predator eats prey. This is clearly what's happening. And then he realizes, no, wait, hold on just a second. This is a Hork-Bajir and that's a human and there's something wrong with this. He feels moved to act. And when he does, he jumps into action. He flies down. He swipes out the Hork-Bajir's eyes, uh, which is his signature move. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... A uh, repeat of what we saw in the uh, uh, the in the the Yerk pool. 
So that's another 0.5 kill for Tobias. That's another 0.5 kill for Tobias. Well, yeah. We also have to establish if he gets kills uh, when he kills non-sentients, right? Horkashir... I don't think so. No, yeah, I don't think so. Um, well, you don't get a point for eating a Rip to those yeah. mice and voles, I guess. They don't count. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Um, the Horkashir sort of yells and, and the human gets away. Uh, and Tobias has reasserted his identity um not through rejection of the hawk but by acceptance of the responsibility that comes with knowing who he is being a person which is that he has to help other people um says like and yet for some reason i couldn't let him be prey i couldn't me tobias so at this point he's kind of defining himself uh by you know what what he's what he's supposed to be doing what what he wants to do which is to fight um and you know like act with i guess a certain kind of <laughs> compassion um so he at this point like he wakes up from this dream and then we enter chapter 17 um which I couldn't think of a better name for, so I just called it Beauty and the Bird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he, he goes to find Rachel uh, and flies by, like, uh, fl- perches on, on the, the window and, and thought speak, uh, like, sends a thought speech message. Uh, Rachel, like, the book she's reading goes flying. She runs to the window. She throws it open. Uh, and she's really excited to see him. Uh, Tobias, like, says, yeah, it's, it's, it's more or less him. Um, Rachel tries to hug him, but, like, hawks aren't really made for that, so it wasn't really (laughs) possible. Um, so she, it's, like, really awkward. Uh, but she asks him how he is, and he says he's okay, and he flies in. Um, and so now that Rachel knows Tobias is okay, she figures it's okay to get mad at him. Uh, so she does. (laughs) And I would just like to mention very briefly, I really appreciate that, like, in the last book, we were kind of surprised by Rachel's use of uh, Tolkien references in a point mm-hmm. where the movies weren't out yet, and here she yeah. is reading a book again. That's, like, yeah. that not a consistent character trait I remember, but it seems like it's a thing she's doing a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's 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 a smart person. She's well-read. Um, and he sort of, like, she, she basically angrily asks, like, where are you, you know, um... Like, where were you? We were terrified. Cassie said you might be killed, might have been killed or something. Jake is depressed. Does not mention Marco. And I presume that's because she killed him for showing up to, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. to her gymnastics competition. <laughs> yep, she, uh, she stomped him out, and then, uh, but tomorrow they'll revive him from the dead. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I um, had to do this, but it's like the rest of the group being like, well, we don't have Ray's dead yet that to prepare today, so we'll raise Marco tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he says it, it. He says it's hard to explain, but it's not really. Um, he like the hawk won out. He lived as a hawk for a while. Um, the like he, when he, when he says this, Rachel looks sympathetic, but it also seems to bother her. It's disturbing, you know. Um, like the the what's what's happening to Tobias's mind, and I think it's something that that Rachel doesn't really want to think about. But Tobias does need them to understand what's going on um well, i mean i can't blame her for not wanting to think about it because again yeah. that's just 
two hours away from any given time. Yeah, also, yeah it could also, happen to any of them. Yeah, also, just like last book, she had, like, actual nightmares about, like, the shrew mind and all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But even beyond that, like, up till this point, Tobias has been putting on a convincing simulacrum of being totally okay despite being a bird, and now... Mm-hmm. He very much isn't, which yeah. I think is making like, the idea of being trapped a lot more terrifying to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so, because, like, not only, like, oh, there's, like, at first there's the idea of, oh, I'll just be trapped as, like, uh, animal in an animal's body. But then there's also, like, the, well, actually, you know, yeah. there's also the animal's mind to contend with all the time, forever. And like, can could you could you handle that? Could you could you maintain yourself? And Tobias is only hanging on by a thread because he has like a very specific, um, like a very specific goal, a very specific motivation. He has a something to hold on to. Um, and uh, God, this is giving me ideas for Changeling because <laughs> because like the, the beast, the beast, the beast seeming is all very very much like this. Um, Oh, you're so, saying you can use this for a party of three furries? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got, I gotta, I gotta like weigh into that horror more. Um, so, uh, so oh, four, four furries. Yeah, exactly. Because I, because yeah. Um, but he mentions that he maintained his composure after seeing that hork vizier and helping the human that was being chased um and he mentions that he actually talked to him and like told him hey don't tell anyone about this shit because if you do then you'll die or worse uh and uh rachel's surprised that he talked to him but like honestly in that moment it was the right move because otherwise he would have he would have definitely ended up dead you gotta warn him you gotta warn him uh (laughs) Um, but yeah. I will but... say, it does feel a little like... How do I put this? Tobias is very quick to attack Hork-Bajir, right? He doesn't care mm-hmm. about going for their eyes, that's their weak point. Yeah. But when the people chasing are human, it seems like he really is still holding back on that. So mm-hmm. it, it just kind of makes me wonder the levels of how he feels about Hork-Bajir as hosts right now. So far... It, it seems like they're easier targets for Ooh, him. Hear... So far they've only seen Hork-Bajir as hosts. Like, they have not seen any sort of free Hork-Bajir yet. Um, no, that's not true. In the first episode, they did see them watching the late show in the, in the cave. Yeah, but, like, also, but I I know I know for a fact that voluntary Hork-Bajir hosts have, are, have, were retconned, so. Yes, um, absolutely. <laughs> like, the, the kids have no reason to view the Hork-Bajir as anything else but, like, tools of the Yerks yet. Um, it's also a matter of, like, utility. But, yeah, I think there's, like, interesting stuff that happens with that later. Like, well, well, well into the series. Oh, um, yes. Shout out to so Ziggy there, because I heard Ziggy purring. He, 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 does oh, yeah. men, he does mention that he, like, almost didn't help. That he kind of at first saw it as, like, predator-prey thing. He said it was really no different from from what he does. And then she responds to him that, well, the Yurks aren't killing to eat they're killing to dominate and control uh what 
what you're doing is natural and there's nothing that a that a Hort-Vajir controller that does is that's natural that's not really that doesn't really land for me because what the yurks do is natural to what the yurks are so like you can't really you can't really do an appeal to nature on this but you know it is she what is it is taking this like remarkably in stride it was less than five minutes ago that she was freaked out that he ate a rat <laughs> yeah but i think she's been freaked out for a while that he's been gone so the fact that he's back at all is is a you know is a relief he's been eating rats sure yeah whatever <laughs> of course he has he's been living out in the woods <laughs> like what else are you gonna do also, he should have been eating rats this whole fucking time, honestly, because hawks shouldn't live off hamburgers. <laughs> um, no, but he's... It's not a hamburger, it's hamburger meat. Yeah, like yeah. ground and brown in Japan. So worse. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's also not even warm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he... He talks to... like he, he says it's comforting talking to Rachel. She says, you're human, Tobias. Uh, and Tobias responds with, um, this, this quote here. Sometimes I just feel so trapped. I want to move my fingers, but I don't have any. I want to speak aloud, but I have a mouth that's only good for ripping and tearing. And this is the part of Tobias's story that reads as trans to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, like, you're talking about, like, the, the, the sort of trans vibes in the first book, but this is the part that really reads as trans to me. Um... And again, the the answer for Tobias is not a binary. The answer for Tobias is not, oh, just be one or the other. The answer for Tobias is to find a balance. Oh, um, absolutely. Because, I mean, yeah. all through the first book, it's like he's desperate to be the hawk constantly. And now that he is, he doesn't want that anymore. Yeah. He, he very much needs to find a place in the middle. Mm-hmm. Something, I don't know, gender fluid, but for hawks. <laughs> for hawks. <laughs> um, well, uh space wizard so yeah <laughs> rachel looks like she might might start crying at this point um which is i guess got to be hard because it's rachel uh they well, i don't know in these first few books she's been very emotionally open yeah that's like, true she's almost started I, crying I several times and she never really stops being emotionally open with tobias i mean with other people she's going to be very hesitant, but I feel like she's yeah, more emotionally absolutely. open with Tobias. Um, so Rachel ends up, re- like, reminds Tobias that he's not alone, that he still has her and the others, uh, at which point Tobias said he would have cried if Hawks could do that. Um, they remain convinced that when the Andalites show up, everything will be all right, uh, which is, again, they're just making all sorts of assumptions you know what? Yep. You know what assumptions? You don't know what assumptions to make an ass out of you and me. Um, you and me and the York in my head. And the York in my head. <laughs> uh, so Tobias is just is just sure that you know this this fight will help keep his focus, and that you know the devoting himself to the I like to the task of freeing people and fighting back against the Yerks is going to help him keep his senses and remain human. Uh, which, fair, you know. Um, I feel like like what he's, what he's kind of fighting right now is this kind of, like, existential 
uh, abyss in a sense where he just wants yeah. to dis like a part of him just wants to disappear into the hawk mind because he doesn't have a reason not to uh and this is his reason not to uh absolutely yeah it's it's very um jeez i don't even have a word for the emotion here but it's so much of it is him needing external forces to even have a justification for existing it's very rough <laughs> um yeah yeah definitely uh I called chapter 18, the bad plan starts to go bad. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> be, because at this point, the bad plan will start to go bad. Uh, it's time. It's time for the, the trip to the mountain lake. And so they head up there um, as gray wolves. They are going to a cave because they plan on camping out overnight. Uh, they've gone around the wolf territory, so they won't be dealing with that again. Um and they're they're demorphing to to sleep in this bear cave. Uh, Marco complains about it being a bear cave. Um, I guess afraid of bears, but it's fine because they're not there. Uh, and also, according to Cassie, they're not grizzly bears; they're just black bears, so they're much smaller. Yes. It's like I I would still be worried about it's that. Still a bear. Uh, <laughs> still a bear. Yeah, but uh, okay. I mean, yes, still a bear, but. Turning into animals is kind of their thing. They mm -hmm. should really be trying to find bears, if you think about it. <laughs> I guess so. Um, but sleeping in a cave where there were bears is understandably, um, you know, it, it's 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 nerve-wracking. Uh, but it's fine, because Tobias knows for a fact there aren't any bears. He's seen, he's seen raccoons and skunks running in there uh, to escape from predators, and he lets them know, and he figures that everyone knows that in that situation he was the predator that they were running from. Um, so that's a little bit of a, like, sticking point. It's, it, there's a tension here where Tobias knows that the fact that he has to live as a hawk makes the other kids uncomfortable, partly because this is something that could happen to them, partly because it's, like, like, a certain, there's, like, a certain amount of pity, I think. Um, but I honestly think that what Tobias needs is like to is like some some fucking honesty and acceptance here. Like, yes, this is a thing you're having yeah. to deal with, and we understand. Um, as opposed also, to this is a much smaller note compared to that. Yeah, but like was was it two chapters ago that Tobias was just saying that no sane hawk would ever go after a raccoon? Like, <laughs> yeah, was well, a baby? Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that was like they'd go after like a baby raccoon or whatever. But yeah, maybe he was very <laughs> really bad at hunting at first and got a bit desperate there. Um, which makes sense because I feel like that's a learned skill. <laughs> um, like there's instincts there too, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So the skunks, uh, don't live there anymore. So, uh, they don't have to worry about that either. Um, and it turns out that, uh, you know, as they investigate the cave, Rachel mentions that there's nothing in there but spiders and a mouse. Tobias makes a joke. Um, which is great. Tobias should be making jokes if, if he wants to make them um, about a situation because that, that, that <laughs> helps that kind of thing. Uh, he, he jokes yeah. that she should chase him out there for him because he's hungry. Marco laughs at this and no one else does. And you know what? Good job, Marco. That's what Tobias yeah, needs absolutely. right now. Good job, Marco. <laughs> no, I think Marco gets it. You know, he's, yeah. he's already gotten got the dark humor to deal with trauma thing going on. So it's yes. really... Yeah. Even if he doesn't know that's what Tobias needs, he knows. Yeah, exactly. Like, to, Mar Marco laughs, and that is what Tobias needs in this moment. He needs 
to, he needs this to be normal. He needs this to stop being a weird thing that everyone's sheepish mm-hmm. about. Um, yeah. And and no one seems to be willing to do that except for Marco. And you know what? Good on Marco. Marco's gotten a lot of like flack from us. A lot of oh, it. Oh yeah. But this is definitely like a good part about about Marco's character. Um, Marco has been pretty consistently not a good dude through the first yeah. couple of books, yeah. but he's turning around. This is yeah. like major points in his category. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Tobias goes and scouts the area. Um, doesn't really find anything, I think. Uh, but in the meantime, also we get like the first uh, real instance of Jake leading on screen as he tells people to go get firewood. Uh, like organizing people, um, which it's weird. We haven't seen that so far. It's been very tell don't show. Here we're getting some show. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with you there. Uh-huh. Like Jake isn't telling people to go get firewood. He's just saying this would be a good thing. We should do this. He's not like saying, "Okay, Rachel, you go do this thing." He just, you know. Yeah, I guess so. I would like it if there was a fire. Do you guys want a fire? <laughs> Can we get a fire for the table? <laughs> Uh, I I suppose I suppose you're right. It's the closest he's we've trying, gotten. but he doesn't know yet. Look, I'm not gonna have any of that fire, so I'm mm-hmm. not paying for it. If you all want to split <laughs> it for yourselves, that's fine. <laughs> um, Ca- Cassie directs them to the task at hand, which is fishing. Uh, she because the plan is for them to catch fish, catch a fish, acquire the fish, and then uh morph it. Uh, and I feel like that's stupid. You could go and buy a fish at, like, an aquarium shop or something, and it'd be a lot easier than what you're trying to do now, last minute. Um, That's there's... probably true, but would it be a native species to this lake? I don't fuck- like, doesn't fucking matter. It's a fish. They swim in fresh water. It's fine. <laughs> it only matters if you, like, I don't know, get trapped in morph and decide to- like fuck as a fish in in the lake and produce more fish <laughs> like just don't do that um yeah no they decide they're going to go fishing and Cassie's the only one who's ever been fishing before um so and i guess like all this stuff was bought was brought in like a sack that Tobias was carrying so i imagine that it's not like full fishing lines but they have these like little handrails that you can use. So I kind of pictured them using those. Um, (laughs) And they're all trying to get a fish to bite and they keep trying and they end up getting frustrated because nothing is biting and everyone is, is pissed off, especially Marco, except for Cassie. Cassie is not. Cassie is remaining calm um, and collected because she knows that that is how you catch fish. Uh, She says a smart fisherman learns not to become frustrated. Uh, So Cassie is being, very like insufferably outdoors girl um <laughs> which i imagine is just making people like marco even more pissed off <laughs> i'm really kind of curious about this because like how do i put this cassie's not exactly an outdoors woman as far as we know she hasn't gone fishing a lot she's just she works on a farm and helps take care of animals that's not the same thing I as mean, being camping and no, fishing I, no i i i feel like she must be she she's practiced she's clearly fished before she's she's practiced <laughs> at this uh and maybe maybe she's just doing this to make marco mad maybe i don't know uh 
So, at a certain point, Tobias cautions them. He's like, maybe we should back off today. Like, we need time to test this more first. Uh, and Jake, um, Jake nixes that, says, no, we, we, we'd have to wait another day. We don't mean how much, we don't know how long they'll be stopping at this lake. This might be our only chance. It might be the best chance we get. But it's a bad plan anyway. So... I I I I'm agree, I agree with Tobias here. Go home. Don't do this. Find out more before you decide to go in and get I don't know sluiced by a water filter <laughs> into fish slurry. Uh, so uh, this is also the first water animal any of them ever any of them have ever morphed. So they're so Tobias is also kind of nervous about that. Um, also another thing. It, we have two osprey morphs and a bald eagle morph. Those are both oh, fishy. Yeah. Those are both fish eagles. They've evolved to catch fish. <laughs> Why are you fishing normal dumb human way when you could we can you could morph an eagle don't, that's like evolved to do the thing you're trying to don't, do? Don't think about it. <laughs> These kids are dumb. We've thought... established this. <laughs> Like one of the one of the, the the bonus like the advantages of having so many morphs is that you're versatile and you can uh, you can like solve these problems when they come up. This would be over in a second if if, if Rachel had morphed bald eagle or if Marco or Cassie had more got morph morphed osprey, but they don't do that. They just use shitty hand reels to catch a fish last second, uh, and they do catch a fish last second. It's Cassie who does, obviously, and it's a trout. Uh, so they. Um, you know, morph. They, they, sorry, they they, uh, they acquire the trout, and that is where this chapter ends. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate the uh, description that Tobias has here of the trout uh, when he says that Cassie took hold of the slimy gray thing mm-hmm. or squirmy gray thing. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. even refer to it as a fish here. Just, Oh no, that's a, that's a blob. I don't like that. <laughs> also, also, um, it's not squirmy. It's floppy. Fish aren't squirmy. Fish are floppy. I, <laughs> as someone who has a mate, who has a bachelor's degree in marine fishery science, am uniquely positioned to say that fish are floppy, not squirmy. Yeah, f- like. Well, this fish is still in the water. Are fish floppy while they're in the water? Uh, I feel like trout. Okay, no, eels are squirmy. Eels are definitely That's, squirmy. Okay. Yes. Trout are never squirmy. Trout are floppy or flappy. They're flappy if they're in the water. They're floppy if they're out of it. I see. Clearly Tobias needs to do some more study. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it just squ- squirmy implies to me a more fluid motion than trout are capable of. That's very fair, yeah. <sighs> Wild. Um... <laughs> yeah, so here we got a full ex- a full mental breakdown and existential crisis uh, over a period of several days. Yep. Mm-hmm. But he's better uh, and... with it now, don't worry. He, he managed yeah. to recover from it within days, as opposed to how it normally would probably take, like, years to get anywhere close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I... Could have gone worse. I feel like he's not entirely healed yet. I feel like he's he's still in crisis. Uh, it's just that he's found something to focus on. Uh, you know, there's there's still the matter of you know the yeah. final final like figuring out exactly who and what he is. 
and I feel like that's gonna take a while. And it might Doesn't be the it always. Yeah, it might be the. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, it might be the, the probably one of the primary focuses of this book as we go forward. Um, <laughs> and maybe the primary focus of future Tobias books as we go forward. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. Um, I don't really even know what to say about it. We've certainly had enough conversation, but it's just mm -hmm. like so in depth. You don't usually see this level of introspection from kids books. yeah yeah no i like what it says about like what makes tobias human and it's not it's not like it's not what rachel said it and it is what rachel said it's it's tobias is a hawk he has hawk <laughs> instincts he has a hawk body he hunts like a hawk he needs to live like a hawk tobias by all definitions of the word is a hawk if you remark, if, if you like say that Tobias is a human, you would not be incorrect because Tobias has a human mind, has human impulses, has the human, like, for lack of a better word, soul, the ability to like introspect and to make moral decisions uh, and enact compassion uh, and perform compassionate acts. You know, the, the difference between him and Ladyhawk back there lady hawk doesn't understand friendship or gratitude or helping others for the sake of helping others lady hawk is a hawk wants to hunt <laughs> wants to eat tobias wants to hunt and eat too also has other stuff on top of it the question of whether tobias is a hawk or a human isn't a or question the the answer is <laughs> and uh and i think that that that's kind of my approach to this that's kind of like I would say my philosophy is to, to, to what this is trying to say. Yeah, I'd say that's very reasonable, and I feel like that's pretty in line with the conclusion we get eventually, but it's hard to say for sure, because Tobias is such... Especially compared to all the other Animorphs, he's all introspection. Obviously, they all, all have their own way of looking at the world, but no one, none of the other characters go as deep into themselves as he does, and I think mm. that's part of the reason his books are so fascinating. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I always thought they were weird when I was a kid, because I like, they're, they're <laughs> not as, they're a lot more plotting and personal, and, and sort of, there's a lot of, like, man versus self type conflict mm -hmm. in them uh, that is a little bit more mature than I think I was ready for at 12 years old <laughs> man uh, versus self and also this bird nearby yes man versus self and also this, this fucking golden eagle <laughs> god damn it <laughs> uh, yeah we'll meet the golden eagle later i think <laughs> yep we sure do <laughs> um i think that's his next book yeah uh yeah so does anyone have anything else they want to say about this no, it's it's kind of the heaviest amount of any of the books we've had so far. Uh, yeah, real, de yeah, real depressing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <sighs> I guess um, for the sake of our record keeping, um, Tobias has now pulled up to one total kill, tying him for last place with Jake. So <laughs> good job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling yeah. Jake is not going to be tied for last for a while. Just, just oh, on the nature that he can know. do a lot more murder as a tiger than Tobias can as a hawk. 
What's That's our... true, but I also feel like Jake is the kind of person to, like, skip over when he murders people and kind yeah. of, like, soften it as much as he can. Yeah. yeah. What, what's, um, what's our thermal count so far? Uh, well, as of the last episode, we were at eight, and that was a, kind of an approximate because we didn't remember, how, we hadn't gone through the first two and double-checked. But uh, as of today, we are up to 13. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a very thermal full book. <laughs> Do you know how many overall between the two books and where we're at with this one so far? Uh, n- no, 13 is where we are as of last episode and this episode, but I have not had time to go back and check over everything yeah. on account of it is the end of the semester and Fair. I'm swamped. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Like, actually, what am I talking about? I've been over here going, well, well, I'll just read the books again. It's fine. It doesn't take that long. There is a search function. What am I doing? Yeah, you can do that. (laughs) Do. Uh, Four instances in the first book. Doing this live on the air. And cat is getting in the way. Very helpful. Thank you, kitty. Thanks, Ziggy. You're being very helpful. Seven in the second book, so that's eleven, and then five today, plus whatever we had at the beginning. We're looking at at least sixteen overall. Yeah. Alright, I'm I'm starting to think that my uh, silly number guess of sixty-nine is going to be way under. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yes. 100%. Very much under. (laughs) <laughs> all right so we're ready to wrap this but, up yeah i think we are so uh with that uh very weighty episode i think there's not much left to say but to remember zero did nothing wrong i want to check the room for andalites before saying this but um zero did nothing wrong one day i will know whether or not but uh currently i must still assume that zero did nothing wrong <laughs> in like two and a half years <laughs> It'll be a while. It will.